Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, we've got a lot to get to this episode. We're going to talk about the transfer portal. We're going to talk about the coaching carousel. But most importantly, we have to start out with the committee rankings. On Selection Sunday, it was number one, Michigan. No surprise there. Number two, Washington. No surprise there. Number three, Texas. And then number four, Alabama. And that was a surprise to us because undefeated ACC champion Florida State, not in the playoff. What what was your reaction? I mean, the first reaction was just wow! I can't believe they they had the stones to to do this. Um, yeah, you know, the, the, I was thinking like you know these old guys they don't they don't give a damn because uh, Saturday night after the conference title games were done, I just I told I was th- thinking like I would not want to be on the committee. I, and I guarantee they were rooting so hard for Louisville because they knew they knew the heat yeah. that would be coming with that. Like, um, you know, there's some people out there now that it's all said and done. They they want to riot or whatever, and I get it. But that's not really where I'm at. Like, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I, at least I get the decision. I just, okay. but I, I don't agree. So so I have two things with this. Um, first, with Florida State, I thought you know their win against you know number 14 Louisville was actually impre- impressive in the sense that their defense yeah. their defense now since Travis has gone down has been dominant. Uh they won in the swamp, only gave up 15 points, 230 yards to Florida. They shut down Brahms offense, only 6 points, 188 yards. And yeah, they didn't get that that Cardell Jones bump with the offense going off like Ohio State did in 2014 with the injured quarterback, but but I viewed this ACC ACC title as actually a good thing. You know, considering they won with the third string quarterback, committee still knew that Rodemaker's probably going to come back for the bowl mm-hmm. game. So I thought that would have been enough to keep them in the field. Like I would understand maybe the committee's decision if Rodemaker was in there and he threw like four picks, two fumbles or something, and they just looked inept. But that you know, when I look at look at Florida State, they looked better in that game than Alabama did in a couple of their games on their schedule. Um, you know. I know they could point to the committee could say, "Oh, Florida State had a fifth, the fifty fifth ranked strength of schedule or whatever." But despite the injury, I still think they deserved it. So I have a second point, but I want to hear what you think first. Okay, well, I think I am more, I guess, upset with the decision than than it sounds like you are. I mean, it came down to the committee saying, and they kept saying this that we're going with the four best teams, and I didn't really make a big deal out of that because, I mean, I don't think they should go with the four best teams. It should be the four most deserving, the four that earned it uh, on the field. But I don't make a big deal out of them saying that this year because they say that every year and they don't do it, yeah. which is good. They shouldn't do it. They they've gone pretty much, uh, they've gone with strength of record. They've almost to a T. They've gone with the teams that that had the best resumes but this year they kind of seemed to go away from that and seemed to they they really really went with that best like who we think is best and or at least in the case of comparing florida state to texas and alabama so um that that aspect i didn't like yeah and that that that's kind of leads to my my second part is like the deserve versus best conversation because you like you said it's not true that they picked the four best and I wish they would be would have been a little more transparent with this because what they ended up doing was a hybrid of deserve versus best. They 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 basically yeah. took what in their eyes the four best conference champs because if it was truly the best, they'd be taking Ohio State, Oregon, Georgia yeah. would be in the mix. Those teams would be in the mix. You know, I get why Alabama 
is in, you know, they just beat Georgia after winning two national titles, 29 straight games, but doesn't mean, that doesn't mean I, I don't think they necessarily deserved it over the Seminoles. Yeah. I, so I think Florida state had the third best resume. And so I, I think they, they should have been in, they were third in, in strength of record. And I actually think Texas was the one that should have been out. Texas was fifth in strength of resume by a decent margin. Um, or strength of record, if, if I said strength of resume. But if to me, the bigger problem isn't even with that, because um, I sort of agree that even if you were just looking at, at resume, at least taking Alabama compared to Florida State, like you could reasonably say Alabama's resume was better. I don't think it was. I disagree with that. But someone could reasonably claim, claim that. My problem is they, they don't seem to really be saying that. They seem to be saying... Yeah, maybe Florida State's resume is better, but we don't think we think that Alabama's better because Jordan Travis is injured. So projecting forward, we're punishing Florida State for the Jordan Travis injury, and to me that's unfair cuz I mean that's just not what sports are about. Like they the games happened. Those games with Jordan Travis happened and they won those games and they deserve the spoils of what happened in those games. So they're, they're kind of de-weighting those games now by say, you know, by penalizing right. Florida state for, for Jordan Travis being hurt. It should, to me, it should be about what you did, not what a bunch of administrators and former coaches think you might do in the playoffs. And they like, won that's two not, decent games without him. That's the thing about it. That's the thing about it, is if, if those two games were, were trash, that's part of your resume as well. But they, they weren't like, no, like you I mean, said, it like, wasn't what pretty they have in been, the what, first half of the Florida game, but it was on the road yeah. rival, and they still pulled it out in the second half. Yeah. What would Florida State have been favored against Louisville with Jordan Travis? I don't know. Maybe around 10. Maybe not even that. So Yeah, it might not even been that. Might not even been that. So they, I don't know, they seem to do okay. It, they just didn't like the way it looked. They didn't like that the offense stunk. But you know what? The defense was otherworldly good. So I, I don't I know. I know. It's, and, it's too bad. And here's here's why. Just for some examples of why I think going that that it shouldn't be about best. It should be about most deserving. Um, is like let's, here's one point. You you kind of brought it up. Oregon is better than Washington. Likely, oh, if yeah. you ask any odds maker, any professional better betting market, like Oregon would be favored on a neutral field next week against Washington because they were a nine and a half point favorite this past weekend. And they lost a close game. Like the the spread's not going to move ten points. It just just doesn't yeah. work like that. So, but we're not putting Oregon in over Washington because that would be insane. They they Oregon lost twice. Those results have to matter. So, um, that's one example. Another example is is when you're trying to determine who the best team is, the result of kind of a coin flip game doesn't really matter when you're trying to determine how good a team is. Like for example, if a team last set one second left and they're kicking a 42 yard field goal to win whether that goes in or not has almost no bearing on how good the team is right yeah, exactly. it doesn't even have much bearing on how good the kicker is it's one kick so but if you're trying to but if you're but this is sports like we want that kick to matter because wins and losses matter so if you're looking at best you you would kind of ignore that um and then the last thing is another example is take last year TCU they were an underdog to K-State in the Big 12 title and they lost it so they probably weren't as good as Kansas State last year yeah, at least oh, at the end true. of last year 
And yet, of course, of course, we wouldn't want TCU ahead of K-State. So those are kind of extreme examples where you're comparing teams with multiple losses. But, you know, the same applies when it's teams with one or zero losses. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's it's amazing that in the last year of the 14 playoff, like it's it's amazing that drama like this really didn't occur that much over the years. It was kind of like the first year and last year had the most drama. You know, you could argue a team here or there, but it wasn't like an uproar like the now yeah. and then next year you know the 12 team thing they're going to get people that are going to be pissed off about you know things like the games like ohio state michigan won't matter as much because they're both in but people yeah. just always have something to complain about but it's it's crazy that it shook out this way yeah this year was it was a lot of people are claiming it's an example of why a 12 team playoff is superior and i get that because then you know florida state wouldn't have gotten screwed but it also this final conference championship weekend was extremely fun and i don't know if it were a 12 team playoff would it have been quite as fun it's hard to know until until it happens and you know yeah. there's well cuz all those teams would have you know they'd still be in <laughs> a lot of them yeah yeah i mean anyway but, but yeah. um but also th- with this decision of of i guess alabama uh versus florida state is if the committee just said that you know okay alabama's strength of record is worse than florida state but alabama was just so much more dominant that that kind of blend you know puts alabama ahead blend of of deserving and best but that wasn't really the case like alabama needed a miracle to beat uh, a mediocre yeah. Auburn team last week. They struggled to separate from USF. They won by three against a bad Arkansas team. They won by six against AM. They lost by 10 at home. Like, if you look at, you know, if you took the logos off of the jerseys and you just watched yeah. this season, you and you didn't know the recruiting rankings, it would be hard to decipher who was better between yeah. Florida State and they Alabama. Just, they, went, they just said, hey, anyone that beats Georgia is, that was yeah. their. And even though, yeah, I mean, that was what they clearly decided. And they talk about how, you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, well, Alabama's a different team than they were early in the season. And to me, I don't care. Like, those results should matter just as much as results at the end of the season. We're not crowning a second half of 2023 national champion. We're crowning a 2023 national champion. So those bad I, results think, early matter. But to your point, too, earlier is like, yeah, I, I agree that I do. I think they are a little bit better, but, but like to your point about that, that second, that last second kick, if it goes in or not, like if Alabama does not get the fourth and 30 or whatever, yeah, you know, they could still have beaten Georgia. It's not like we would have, if they didn't get that against Auburn, they lose. And then they beat Georgia. It's not like we would have put them in the playoff. So no, they don't, they didn't, they're not factoring that, that miracle as much as they should. They just said, Oh, it's a win. We're going to put them in. Like, so I don't know. It was, and I do think I, I do think Alabama is better than Florida State, obviously, especially without yeah, Jordan Travis. Like that's, but that to me that shouldn't it shouldn't matter. But now drama defend, aside, oh go ahead. Oh go yeah, ahead. No, what no, were no. you going to say? I, okay. m- m- I'm just putting a bow on my point was that you okay. know with all, the the reason I'm not like in a major uproar is just because I do think Florida State should have been in, but the you put aside the drama. These playoff matchups are awesome. Like they are pretty sweet. It's going to be a better game. That's for sure. Michigan, yeah. and that's not, versus, it shouldn't be the criteria, but it is. No, it it will be more 
enjoyable than if Florida State got blown out. Um, which maybe they would would have, maybe yeah, they wouldn't have. Who knows? Know. We'll never find out. But I will say to defend the committee, I've been, you know, trashing trashing the decision. Um, but it's mostly been about the decision to to punish for the Jordan Travis injury. And to defend them, that is in their protocol. It, it says that they will consider factors such as unavailability yeah. of key players that may have affected a team's performance during the season or likely affect its postseason performance. So really that what those committee members did is reasonable. So I guess in a sense, I agree with you. It, it, it is reasonable. But to me, that, that protocol is stupid. That should not be in there. We should not have them predicting because yeah. it also just introduces a lot of weird things like um nicole auerbach tweeted about this about the incentives that it, it brings about like lying about injuries let's say jordan travis's injury wasn't as you know gruesome as it was they could just say oh he's out you know he's day he's day to day out yeah. three to four weeks or whatever well yeah you could say day to day and then they just or assume he's coming back and then would they have been in if they lied about it and or what if what if he had an injury that took him out for the next four or five weeks. What does the committee do then? Are they supposed to handicap the odds of him being back in time for the playoff yeah, game? Yeah. Are they just supposed to assume he's in or assume he's out? Like it doesn't, it's just dumb. We, we don't need to get into predicting that. Like we look at what they did and did they earn it anyway? That's what, it just bothers me that their last two games, they at least looked decent. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just, that's what right. bothers me. It's like they didn't, they didn't, they weren't trash. No. They just and beat they a number were, 14 Louisville, like, dominant defense by 10 points and they were they were there seemed to be at least somewhat of a gap going into the week between florida state and texas for instance because there were what two teams in between in the uh in the yeah. CFP rankings now, i could have been super forth. super close but i go back and forth on those because in the his, historically the committee will like they just they they like correct it all in their final rankings it's like they, they during the season they rank and it's just like yeah. You can't take it to heart, but but no, that that the second to last ranking doesn't it doesn't help their case. Yeah, because that's a pretty. I mean, Texas was more impressive, you know, in in their Oklahoma State kit, but Oklahoma yeah. State's a little bit worse, and right. is it really impressive enough to overcome an that gap. Team doesn't, and yeah, doesn't seem like it. But it does. It does seem like they just sort of got to the end, like you said, and they they just were like. Now let's deal with Jordan Travis being out. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, wait, why weren't you dealing with that last week? You didn't feel like they were at least. They were all wearing Louisville hats and then, oops. Yeah. Well, I actually, you know what I think caused this is they is their obsession with head-to-head. Because so Alabama beats Georgia, and, and you look at Alabama's resume, and I think they just thought they have to be in, which – I get. I would have also had Alabama in. They would have been one of my four. But then they they also said, well, that means Texas has to be in because we have to have Texas ahead of them because Texas beat them. But yeah, to me, that that you don't have to have Texas in. You look at the, it was a true. thirteen they, game resume. That Texas game is one game. It's part of the resume. But I think Alabama had a significantly better overall resume. So you didn't need to do a head to head tiebreaker in my mind. But I think that's what happened. They just like. Like, I think if they compare Texas to Florida State, they're like, well, we don't need Texas to pass Florida State, but but they wanted Alabama to pass Florida State, so Texas has to. I don't think they explicitly did that, but maybe that's sort of how it happened, even and same with like, And maybe Texas, if Texas would have looked bad and just kicked a field goal to win the game, maybe that would have said, oh, let's leave them out. But the fact that they were dominant put them in. You know, it's just so many factors yeah. led to it that all against the yeah. committee. 
Yeah. No, te- it's true. Texas, the last two games, them dominating both of those, good for them. They needed. They might have needed that. I think so. Okay. Well, sound off in the comments below. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there's no. There's no place to comment. This is a podcast that is not on YouTube, but sound off in our Twitter feed. All right. Moving on. Uh, should we? Let's get to the conference championship game recaps. Um, why don't you start us off with? Conference USA. Yeah, that was Friday night. Liberty, uh, they won a shootout 49-35. Their quarterback, Caden Salter, accounted for almost 500 yards. And it was too bad for New Mexico State because their quarterback, Diego Pavia, left the game with an injury in the third quarter. He had already had four touchdowns. They were matching Liberty score for score. But Liberty pulls it out. And and it actually led to Liberty getting the G5 New Year's Six spot, which I personally thought after the American title game that SMU might was going to get it. Um I know Liberty went unbeaten. Great year one for Jamie Chadwell, but they had the worst strength of schedule in the entire country. 133rd is pretty pretty wild. Uh, I but mean, they did go unbeaten. Good for them, and they they did they, end their fun, but well, I've been keep bringing up strength of record. I think they were slightly ahead of uh, SMU in strength of record, so I I think I would have came to the same decision. But, yeah, uh, but it, yeah, that I understand why it was close, but it was just a little surprise. Yeah. Okay, Pac-12 championship uh, on Friday night, and this was essentially a play-in game, and Washington got off to a 20-3 to lead, so things looked pretty dire. You expected Oregon would make a run. They're too good yeah. not to, and they did. They took the lead late third quarter, but Washington responded, had a couple straight touchdowns, and Oregon ended up, again, making a game of it, and, and so Washington needed to... They kind of had, at the end, they needed to get one more first down. They had a third and four... And they, they needed a first down to not quite end the game, but pretty much. And um, and they did that, you know, uh, Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb. Ryan Grubb? Uh, drew up great play. Jalen McMillan, easy. I mean, Michael Penix made it look easy, at least. Would you, you know what always bothers me? And I, I, it's impossible, these onside kicks, but like, it's the most disheartening thing when you kick an onside kick and it just goes out of bounds. Like, yeah, it just, I always, I mean, I know you're looking for that hop, but I would try something else. I just wouldn't want it to end <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just it does. do that low, like, I don't know. It I don't always, know. When he first kicked it, I, I just, maybe it was wishful thinking. I, I thought it had a chance. And then, yeah, no, you're always waiting for that good bounce. And I guess that's what you go for, but whatever um yeah all right moving on big 12 we kind of touched on how texas they just trounced oklahoma state uh dominant from the get-go quinn ewers set big 12 uh, title game record 452 yards four touchdowns those four touchdowns were all in the first half too um they put up over 600 yards they had the ball for 40 minutes like and and then their defense held ollie gordon to 34 yards rushing i know oklahoma state had to pass a little more but you know they're peaking at the right time and that's obviously what got them in the playoff field. Yep. MAC championship. Miami of Ohio won it as a, as a touchdown underdog against Toledo. They ran for 197 yards, won the turnover battle, and just a big surprise. I don't know what their odds were when Blaine Gabbert went down kind of midway oh. through the season with an injury. Wait, Brett Gabbert. Oh, like Brett Gabbert. Wow. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, Brett Gabbert went down, but I mean, they had to have been pretty reason yeah. pretty long odds i i would think um so nice season for chuck martin 11 and 2 this is year 10 for him and this is that's amazing by far his his best season so 
you know, it was well worth the wait. I mean, he's been he's been solid anyway, but uh, but this was this yeah. was the best. Yep, um, Mountain West Boise they rolled UNLV was was no match. The Boise won forty four to twenty. Ashton GT ran for one hundred fifty three yards. They ran Boise as a team ran for over three hundred, and UNLV just kept giving up too many big plays. So, um, amazing turnaround for Boise after firing Avalos and you know a few weeks back, and then on the other side, it still was an amazing year for for Barry Odom. Yep, for sure. Okay, SEC title. This is what, in part, caused all of the chaos. Georgia winning <laughs> would have made everything easy, or Louisville winning, but uh alabama just you know i mean it was nothing crazy really in this game like they just like there wasn't a a wide gap of course between the two teams alabama just converted some big fourth downs one of them maybe not a catch it was hard to tell i think you wouldn't have been able to to overturn it um but they didn't turn the ball over georgia of course had that bad fumble on the the end around exchange and so alabama got the 27 24 win Jalen Milrow played great, made some good plays. Isaiah Bond came up big as he has been been doing the last couple of weeks, and so yeah, Alabama made the playoff in a season where, I mean, like I said, for like half the season, it just felt like, ooh, this is just not your vintage Nick Saban team, but they did it. They did. Um, AAC, like I mentioned earlier, SMU pulled it out. Um, they won with their backup quarterback, freshman quarterback Kevin Jennings. It was the first play of the game. SMU fumbled. Tulane got it to the one yard line, uh, so it was seven nothing Green Wave in the blink of an eye. But from the rest, from that point on, SMU really dominated. They didn't let Pratt and that offense get going. Rhett Lashley's offense was was rolling, and like I mentioned earlier, I, I thought SMU might get that that G five near six spot. They went eight and zero in conference, beat the def- defending champ Tulane on their home field in the conference title. But I guess that you know the two losses that they had in non conference, Oklahoma and TCU, did them in. But but great year for Lashley as they head now into the ACC. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and he got uh, a contract extension, well well deserved. So mm-hmm. uh, Sun Belt Championship, Troy. 49 app state 23 kamani vidal for for troy running back story of the game two 26 carries 233 yards and an <laughs> fbs conference title game record five rushing touchdowns wow so troy with john summerall is just rolling john summerall took over two years ago troy had won five games in three straight seasons and his first two seasons he's at 12 and 2 and 11 and 2 and two blowout wins in in the conference title games. So he is just crushing it. And like I said last week, like he's got to be, you know, I don't know if he'll get hired away this offseason, but he'll be one of the top guys heading into next year. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Big Ten Championship, (laughs) 26-0 Michigan. Game went (laughs) kind of just about to script. Uh, Michigan's great defense just wasn't ever going to let Iowa's putrid offense too much uh 155 yards and three turnovers is what they they put out so michigan they just kind of went about their business um and blake quorum actually ended the year being the only player in fbs to score in every game uh thought that was interesting and you know so harbaugh got to celebrate now we'll get to see if they they actually make some noise in the playoff all right uh the last conference title was the acc and oh, what happened? like we said, what's that? What happened? Well, 
Florida State won, so obviously oh, I assume they so made they the re- playoff. Yeah, right. Went undefeated. Uh, one of the best defensive performances you'll see in a conference title game against a good Louisville offense. Great offensive coach and Jeff Brom and Jeff Brom just they couldn't do anything. Uh, they just they couldn't do anything. They got two field goals in the game. Louisville was uh, three for eighteen on third down, zero for three on fourth down, two point five four yards per play, according to <laughs> GameOnPaper.com. Now, Florida State's offense wasn't much better, but it was better. They they figured out a way with uh, their third-string quarterback. They did some wildcat. They had him out of the game, and uh, that, that worked out here and there. And they got a 10-point win. I, that's not bad. It's not bad against the top 15 team. <laughs> it's not. It's wild. All right. Heisman Trophy, let's get to that. The finalists uh, were announced today as we record this on Monday night, and they are wait, Jaden wait, wait, Daniels. Wait, hold on a sec. Yeah. If they, I mean, it's so stupid every time, but like if they did, mirac- if not miraculously, if they beat Georgia, like I don't really even oh. have a problem with them like claiming, like I don't, they can't yeah. really claim a poll, but like it's just, that would be impressive. <laughs> 14 and 0 with a win over Georgia would be a pretty, <laughs> Pretty with the good. backup quarterback, I don't know. I mean, it's silly, but it's you know what? Of all the ones that claim it, they would be the most. Hang legit, the banner, hang the banner. I don't think. I think it's it might be seen as a little JV, so they might not do it. Yeah, especially after UCF did, of course. But I'm going to claim it for them. It's yeah, crazy. Okay, Heisman Trophy. So. Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Marvin Harrison are the four finalists. And I've seen a lot of people on Twitter or whatever forgetting the the new rule, which it is kind of I think it's at least a couple years old now. It's always four finalists. There's they don't look at the voting of after three. You know what's the margin? It's like no, it's the top four vote getters. So uh, those are them. And Trey, is there any doubt as to who will win? No, I don't. I don't see how it's not Jaden Daniels at this point. Bo Nix had a shot if if he would have beaten Washington, especially like that one of those last drives to to take the lead it looked like okay, Nix incredible comeback. He's got it. It felt like Oregon wins, Bo Nix wins. Oregon loses, Jaden Daniels yeah. wins. And it that, might not be totally like. fair, but just the way it kind of played out, you thought especially with him leading a comeback, it was like it was his. But but yeah, J- Daniels like he would he deserves it too. Like in ridiculous numbers. I mean, he was basically LSU's entire offense for two years now. Uh, so, but yeah, it's, yeah, what is it? Daniels, Knicks, Penix, and Harrison. Is that who it is? Yep. And yep. I would, I would vote for, I would have voted for Jaden Daniels, even if, if Oregon blew out Washington. I, I just think mm, Jaden Daniels yeah. has had one of the most unbelievable years ever in college ridiculous. football like you look at his passing numbers absolutely insane his yards per attempt and then you factor in the fact that he's his running numbers would be one of the best running backs in the country it's you just, remember like week seven or whatever it was and ryan brought up that yards per attempt yeah. and we were like you didn't even believe it i was i just didn't believe it either and and here we are what five six weeks later and wow yeah. ridiculous and i was off the cuff i was like oh no way he's gonna end over x amount of yards per attempt and then it's 30 seconds later i was like maybe i was a little, a little bit hasty there but oops i think i cut I think out i there. just lost you yeah what'd you say yeah i was well i i was questioning i think ryan asked will he finish no and then like 30 seconds later i was like well 
No, he's got a better chance that I'm giving him credit for, and he, he definitely <laughs> made it. Ridiculous year. Um, but but I will say, I, I don't think it's a lock, because right now, the odds are implying he has like an 85% chance, give or take. Yeah. It's hard to so then is it I don't know Knicks how much or Penix? juice is in there. Penix is the second favorite. Yeah. That's uh, and then that. followed he by Knicks. in the Pac-12 title. Yeah. I don't think Penix, though... I mean, he had, down the stretch, he had a few games that, by Heisman Trophy standards, were pretty so-so. Like, there was, I think one of the, the weeks, it was I think against Arizona State, it was like, did he oh, have that, a flu? It was terrible. There was a rumor of that. There was, people thought maybe he had a nagging injury. Like, it was to that point. So, I really don't think, I mean, he's been great. I don't want to, yeah, just think compared to Jaden Daniels, it, it's not not a comparison for me. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, all right, let's look ahead to some bowl games. So we've got the playoff. Starts out with the Rose Bowl. Of course, Michigan choosing to to go to the Rose Bowl, and they will take on the four-seed Alabama. They were not super happy, it appeared, yeah. to, to see that. I would have had the same reaction. I would have definitely preferred to play Florida State, but they're getting the Crimson Tide. Uh, any brief thoughts on, on that one? Just a cool blue blood matchup. Um, and, you know... I just, like we were mentioning earlier, like after that Texas and USF game earlier, like there's no way I thought Alabama would be in this position. Like might be Saban's best coaching job, honestly, to to have this team in the playoff. But, um, and then Michigan side, like, you know, have they learned from the last two playoffs? You know, they haven't put up their best performance. What are they going to do this time? And I want to see if they're trailing and not fully dictating the game, like can JJ McCarthy use his arm yeah. to to win a game so i'm not seeing this game as as a shootout but uh it whoever kind of makes the mistake might might be the one that that loses no that's a good point yeah if the game script doesn't go to michigan in michigan's favor like we haven't we haven't really they almost seen always that, dictate so. the terms yeah that would uh that would be interesting um i, I think it's also going to be interesting to see jalen milrow go up against the best defense in the country is he gonna be able to continue to have those explosive plays i don't know but i know he's you know the most dynamic quarterback that michigan's defense will have faced so that'll be fun to see yeah i mean it's just a great matchup it's a classic matchup and it's awesome pretty much two great teams uh okay next playoff game is the sugar bowl and it's texas against well by the way in that alabama michigan game what right now michigan's a one and a half point favorite i think Something like that. Okay, so basically pick them. This one, Texas, Washington. Uh, what? I think it's four. What's the spread in this one? Did I freeze again? <laughs> yeah, you just froze. I am um, uh, my internet mean, service provider. Their ass is grass. Their ass is grass. <laughs> no, but the spread. Is, I think Texas is four as we record. Okay. So yeah, Texas seems to be peaking here. Their I mean, their D tackles are incredible. So I'm looking forward to see if if they can you know, cause some problems for, for Michael Penix there. And this will be the best defense that Washington has faced, I think by a good margin, I think, you know, Texas defense much better than, than Oregon. So that'll be interesting. And then we'll see on the other side of the ball, if Washington's defense, I mean, if they can play like they did against Bo Nix, especially in that first half, then of course they've got a great chance here, but I don't know if they can. Yeah. And the, the over under is 64 and a half, which I think is like tied for the the highest over under in all of bowl season, but uh, and it's an Alamo bowl rematch who could forget from last year, but ah. I want to, you know, I want to see like, cause they have peaked 
I want to see if they can kind of continue that momentum or this, you know, or is it, or is the gap, the break going to, going to kind of throw them off of a rhythm. And for Washington, they're, they're such a weird team. Like I want to see if they're actually national title good. And I know that sounds weird to say, cause they're in the playoff. But what I mean is that we, we talked about how they've been so fortunate in those close games this year um, where they almost played down to their competition, I guess you could say, except for Oregon. And like, is it a case where they just have Oregon's number the last, because they've beaten them now three straight times in, in two years, or are they able to beat another great team like this in Texas? So, um, cause they're not gonna be, if they play like they did in those other games leading up to the Oregon game, they're, they're not going to win, but I'm excited to see what Kalen DeBoer schemes up. He's, he's the man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's discuss other bowl games you're looking forward to. What are, what are the non playoff games you want to see? Well, first one is NC state, Kansas state, just because it's the pop tart bowl and there's an edible mascot. It's yes. an edible mascot. Like, the winner gets to eat the mascot. Have we seen any? Are there any renderings of what this mascot? I have not. Like? I just heard about this. I know that that's great. Like that is what college football is all about. That's what bowl season's all Amazing. about. It's a genius move by Pop Tarts. It really I mean, is. Just, the PR they've gotten it hasn't even happened yet. It is. I mean, once of, I see it, I'm probably going to go buy a box of Pop Tarts. Yeah, I haven't had Pop Tarts in a long time. But I. Uh, what's what flavor? You. I, what were what, you? I, Maybe a brown I, sugar cinnamon guy. Yes, that was my favorite. Same here. Because I because because I could have it toasted or not. It didn't bother me. Either yeah. was delicious. To- toasting is another level. Like you, th- I. What percent of pop tarts that you've eaten would you estimate have been toasted? Oh, in your life, uh, probably like five percent. Okay, yeah, that's probably a normal ratio for people. Because yeah, it's just so easy to just pop them in. I went. I think it's higher for me. I think significantly, but uh, mm, okay. it really is a lot better when it's toasted. Like it's, you, you do it, and you're like, yeah. "Why don't I do this every time?" That, yeah, that fair. <laughs> but yeah, just too late. Don't always have a toaster. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's uh, who else did you did you think game wise? Well, I've got before I talk about the New Year Six because those are kind of obvious, or some of them. Yeah, Alamo Bowl, Arizona, yes. OU. Because you've got Noah Fafita at quarterback. Arizona had a great year. Um, and and yes. so that's exciting. They've got a great offense. And then maybe for Oklahoma, well, we'll talk about uh, Dylan Gabriel is in the point. He will not be playing in this, uh, which means potentially Jackson Arnold, true freshman, five-star quarterback of the future. We'll get a an extended look at him. Yeah, I agree there. Um, Kansas UNLV, just because it's, the, uh, it's that other – game that has the high over under 64 and a half but uh mm-hmm. and it's just kind of two teams that aren't traditionally in bowl games but yeah then there's yep. the new year six yeah and the new year six i mean georgia florida state we brought up just because i i want to i'm going to be florida state i mean isn't everybody going to be cheering for florida state in this one yeah it's just amazing because you looked at like there are two teams that just do not want to be there but but no who's gonna but florida state wants but to I think- make a point yeah, the motivation edge I would have to give to Florida State, right? Yeah, because they've 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 they're in fu mode. So yeah, exactly. I'll be I'll be cheering for them. Uh, nothing against Georgia. It's just you know Georgia can lose it. They'll be fine. Georgia, yeah, they'll be. That's just, Florida State, yeah. but you know I feel bad for Florida State. Right. Um, and then the the Cotton Bowl, Missouri versus Ohio State. Again, Kyle McCord transferring or in the transfer portal, so 
likely not playing in this one, and that means I guess Devin Brown will yeah. will get a shot here, and so he'll kind of have a tryout to to be next year's quarterback. Or if he's not healthy, or if they just want to play both, you might see the true freshman Lincoln Kineholtz. Uh, so that's going to be exciting to see. And then on the other side, Missouri just has an opportunity to cap off an unbelievable season for uh, Eli Drinkwitz. That's his name. Yeah, he's making those Connor Stallions jokes too on the New Year's Six. Show. Yeah, I saw. Actually, I never clicked it. I saw the. I never he, clicked and watched he, what he said. Since they were playing Ohio State, he pretended he got a phone call from Connor Stallions to help him out. So nice. It's pretty nice. funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only the Peach Bowl with Ole Miss Penn State is is good because I don't. I feel like most of those players will probably play. I don't know who's. We just don't know who's going to opt out at this point. But yeah. it feels like a game where there's the 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 key players might stay, but who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, coaching carousel. Uh, we have four new hires to discuss. Indiana hired Kurt Signetti from James Madison after he had a great season transitioning. Well, this is, yeah, year two of transitioning James Madison to FBS. But uh, what did you think of this hire? I mean, he did an incredible job transitioning them to FBS. You know, they won the Sun Belt East, I think it was, two years in a row. Obviously, they couldn't couldn't play in the conference title, but uh, they were ranked eleven and one this year. His resume is kind of interesting. It's it's taken him a while to to reach this this point, and it's I don't know if you were him. I guess you're you're going for the dollars, of course, but it's it's a tough place to win, uh, and so Big Ten job. You know, yeah, I mean it's it's hard not to turn any down. younger. No, exactly. It's, I don't blame him, of course, but uh, it, it'll be an interesting move. I'll, I mean, I'll pull for him. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good hire. I, I like it when you're head coach and you've been successful at multiple places, even if it's at a lower level. So for Indiana, yeah. I, I like it. All right, um, Houston hired willie fritz from tulane uh talk about winning at multiple places willie fritz is the ultimate example of that blinn college central missouri (laughs) sam houston state georgia southern tulane uh and so it has taken him a very long time to rise up to now the power five uh well i don't know what we're calling these you know power power five doesn't exist anymore but uh houston big job i i think he has a high floor there because of of his long track record that's what i agree with is that i think he he definitely raises the floor um and houston they seem like they're willing to to spend the the dollars and for the resources and and in the program so i think i think it's a good hire you know it was interesting though with fritz it took him he six years his first six years at tulane were kind of and he only had two winning records and then boom the last two years they've been lights out but tulane for you know i think most of our lifetime had been Really oh bad, no it so. was a doormat no it's it was i'm not saying it was bad it was just cautious yeah. i i no, but i see it. you do and you you are way more impressed when someone does it quickly because that can happen uh but it, it took them a little bit longer i guess uh, okay well boise state promotes interim head coach spencer danielson to the the permanent job trey did you know former usd football player spencer daniels whoa i did not know for that. one year he was Go there Terreros. in the 2008 so did, were you oh still my there? senior year there right? you go yeah wow did you uh i guess you never crossed paths with with him. i i yeah, we were buddies <laughs> yeah um seems a little odd to promote from within when you fired the the head coach 
Um, but he did, you know, he he went three and zero as an interim and and won the conference title. Though they were favored at all three of those games. Now, yeah, they right. did outperform the point spread uh, by by a good margin. So, it, like, he did a good job. But I would think and hope that they're not hiring him just because of the results in these three games, though. And that's the athletic director, of course, said that's not the reason. But no, who knows? I read but, a, um, a lot of the players were all about it, but that's what they all probably. But yeah, say. I mean, they know. They they had him on staff. They know him better than I do, so they must think he's he's up for the job. But as an outsider, I, it would be it's, it's always a little more easier for me to judge when it's someone who's already been successful as a head coach elsewhere coming into the job. Right. All right. Staying in the Mountain West, Ken Wilson was fired at Nevada. I mean, I don't. I understand he was four and twenty in his two years, but he really did not inherit the best situation from Jay Norvell who left for Colorado state kind of high and dry uh, before him and, and the program and the resources seem to be behind where they need to be in able to order in order to compete better in the mountain West. So they just hired Jeff Choate, the co-defensive coordinator at Texas. He has some familiarity, familiarity with the mountain West. He was at Boise state and Utah state before. So at least he kind of knows the terrain. All right. The transfer portal opened today on Monday, and <laughs> it seems like it's the craziest year yet, especially at the quarterback position. There are yeah, it's loaded. a ton of quality quarterbacks already in the portal. Um, what what names stood out to you? I mean, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, just I, That one just kind of surprised me, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess. Didn't know I, I didn't know he would leave. Yeah, so what's the situation there? Did they just they have Jackson Arnold, five star, who is it, would he not just want to wait another year and 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 have to yeah. not play until year three? And so they did they kind of just say, hey, because you know, like be the worst were, thing if you transferred. Were, if Oklahoma had one less loss or whatever, they he was going to be in the Heisman. Like he was, it's just kind of it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I I agree. It does it does seem odd. Why not just why wouldn't both sides? want to keep going oh yeah so that was that was one that really stood out and then obviously kyle mccord um i understand why but it's just when you have the ohio state quarterback transferring it's a little surprise Mm -hmm. yeah i the one of the well who's the best quarterback in the i feel like dylan gabriel gets underrated i don't know like he's not very high in like the transfer portal rankings maybe because they're basing it off nfl potential sure He's maybe not the, I guess people don't think of him super highly for the NFL, but he's been really good in college. Um, Aiden Childs from Oregon State was a huge recruit for Jonathan Smith, and so people seem to think he's going to follow Jonathan Smith to Michigan State. That would be a great kind of package deal for for the Spartans. Oh, Cam Ward. Cam Ward is, I think, maybe the best option in the portal. He's Um, one of those, like, if he goes to, like, some marquee program, it's like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be incredible but i mean i'll be interested. every i don't know everybody's recruiting him i think and he's seems like he's he's looking for those big time nil deals which i would do the exact same thing i would i would Heck shop yeah. myself to the highest bidder and and we'll we'll see who that ends up being but um he is in high yeah. demand there's a couple of like one year guys where you've got will ha- well i i always assume one year but these the covid years you never know yeah. but like will howard grayson mccall DJU, um, mm-hmm. those are a few guys that they're not they're not going to be like incredible superstars, but they could be very good transfers for quarterback teams that need a quarterback. I've been losing track. Did DJU officially enter the portal? 
I'm almost positive he did. Okay. I, yeah. I, I believe it. I just, yeah, he didn't remember. He did. Um, yeah, Grayson McCall, I feel like, doesn't isn't getting the attention that I feel like he deserves. He seems now, to be he, like I mean he was injured, but he's still like he's still obviously historically been an efficient quarterback. Yeah. Are we threat. thinking he's just kind of been a product of Jamie Chadwell's offense and maybe he's yeah. himself is not elite? Maybe that's it the case. It is a wild card. Man, he's stepping up in class, but you know. I feel like in the right yeah. offense he could he could be great at the power five level. Yeah, but but there's it's amazing. There's 10 quarterbacks right now that could start in another spot and the, and the, and the portal just opened. It's not done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, and there's a Riley Leonard already rumored to Notre Dame. That seems to be the big buzz oh, yeah. there. Riley Leonard from Duke, who obviously dynamic. Uh, we'll see if he's can improve as a passer at, at mm-hmm. if he goes to Notre Dame yeah. in, a, in a better situation. Will Rogers, there's some rumors of him to Washington. I could, I could see that. I feel like anyone can succeed with Kalen DeBoer um tyler van dyke tyler van dyke i mean i forgot about him yeah man it's and the biggest the biggest project one is dante moore very high recruit that went to ucla he's from Mm -hmm. the state of michigan both those schools have been kind of rumored but we'll see where he ends up all right i just cut out again but uh i assume you named like eight more great quarterbacks oh yeah all the best time i was gone so and then Outside of quarterback, I mean, Walter Nolan, the former number one recruit for Texas A&M on the D-line, and he's produced there. It's not like he's – sometimes guys are – like Julian Fleming, wide receiver for Ohio State, oh, I'm yeah. sure he can be really good at, at an, in a different situation. But when they – you know, when they've been at a school for a while and they aren't necessarily putting up huge numbers, I almost feel like their star rating in high school, it's like you got to maybe bring that down a little bit. Right. But, and Walter Nolan, not necessarily the case for him. Um, Juice Wells, receiver from South Carolina, he's really good. So I don't know. There's yeah, it's not. It'll be interesting in the coming weeks, especially leading into bowl season. Right after bowl season, who enters the portal? Yeah. All right, Army Navy pick Trey. We we've Ooh. got one last regular season college football game and Army. No, what's the spread? Army's favorite two and a half last two and I saw. a half. Okay. And I'm going to, so I'm going to, the over under is 27 and a half. So um, I'm going to take, so it's going to be lower scoring. So I'll just take the two and a half points with Navy. Um, why not? I'm taking over 27 and a half. We're going to start Boom. a new streak of the over trend. Yeah. It's going to, it's, we're going to go like 20 straight years. How many was it? Was it overs? 13? I, what was it? 10? I don't even know. An insane amount of unders. Yeah, it was a lot, uh, and it, it wasn't necessarily. And last well, year, it took a miracle to go over. Yeah, last year was overtime and it went over, so they just needed to kind of break the seal. That's what happened, and then right. this year it'll be a legit Flood regulation over. <laughs> What's that? The let the floodgates open. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, well, oh, and by the way, Trey, you had you mentioned before the pod a, a tidbit on the Army Navy game before we what started recording. Oh yeah, so I. I just wasn't really had never thought about this, but the, both teams are five and six, and so they need they're, they can't they're not going to a bowl game. They have to be six and five or better going into that game. So this game means nothing for bowl eligibility, which I hadn't really thought about. But they're both five yeah. and six and don't get a chance to go to a bowl. Yeah, because the bowls are already selecting, so they don't know if they're going to be eligible. They so they're just yeah. out. Which I had this has come up before, but I just yeah, forgot sure. about it. 
I hadn't really thought about it either, but like we were talking kind of offline. This is their bowl game. Like this means more than, yeah. than the whatever bowl they'd go to. So, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, we will be back next week to, I'm sure, talk about uh, some more transfer portal, portal entries and maybe uh, players who have chosen their destinations. We'll also preview some bowl games. So, we will talk to you then.